0: Shalom, and welcome once again to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Avraham Fisher, and this week's parashah is Lech Lecha. From this point on, we focus on uh, the growing uh, people that will eventually be the people of Israel, the Jewish people. But we start, of course, with uh, Avraham, who at this point in his life is still called Avram. Uh, we know very little about Avram before this. Uh, We know uh, that his father is Terach. We know that Avram had two brothers, uh, Nahor and Haran. Uh, Haran had a son named Lot. Haran died. Uh, We know that Avram uh, is married to Sarai and that they have no children, uh, that Nahor is married to Milka and nothing is talked about their children at this point. Uh, And we also know that uh, Terach, the father, took the family from their home in Ur-Kasdim, uh, with the intention of going to Kenaan, which is the earlier name of the land of Israel. Uh, but they got as far as the city of Haran, uh, which uh, which nowadays is situated in the southern Turkey, just to give an idea. Um, and that's where Terach lived out the rest of his life. Aside from the many midrashim uh, that we have on uh, Avram's early life, the Torah says very little else. However, uh, when we uh, learn Uh, about Avram's life as it continues, we get uh, more and more of an understanding of Avram's personality, if you will, and his way of uh, serving Hashem. So the parasha, we might say, is divided into ten parts. And in the first part, uh, Avram obeys Hashem's command to travel. Hashem commands Avram to leave his home and to go to the land that I will show you. Uh, Hashem promises that he will bless Avram, Uh, and so Avram takes his wife Sarai, he takes his nephew Lot, Avram is 75 years old at this point, and they also take along the souls that they made in in Haran, that refers to the, uh, on one level, the servants that they had purchased, but it also might refer to those people that they uh, persuaded uh, to believe in one and only one God, in that way they uh, made those souls. So this is one glimpse into Avram's uh, uh, activities uh, before this point. Avram travels, and he crosses over into uh, what is now known as the Land of Israel, then known as Canaan, and the first place that he encamps is Shechem. There, Hashem promises to give the Land of Canaan to Avram's descendants, and in in uh, marking of this event, Avram builds the first of a series of Mizbachot, of altars. He then travels in a basically southern southerly direction, uh, stopping at a place between Bet-El and Ai, and builds another altar, and then continues traveling southward. Uh, Rashi says that he is drawn towards the place that would one day be uh, Jerusalem, Yerushalayim. The second part of the parasha is, uh, is a disruption of this uh, fulfillment of Hashem's uh, command to uh, to leave and to go to the land of Canaan. Uh, there is a famine that strikes the land of Canaan. And in a sense, this is another test of Avram to see how he will uh, deal with uh, this setback because the famine is so bad that he needs to leave the land and travel down to Egypt, which is where there is still food. Along the way, Avram says to Sarai that he is concerned that uh, if the people of Egypt uh, are known for their uh, uh, immorality, if uh, they will know that they are husband and wife, then they will kill him in order to take her. So instead he says uh, that we should say we are brother and sister, uh, and this way they will not uh, kill him. Sarai seems to agree with this, but nevertheless, the Egyptians uh, discover Sarai and bring her because of her great beauty, bring her to Paro and Paro gives him all kinds of gifts. Avram is enriched by this, but Paro and his household are stricken with uh, plagues. And so Paro says to Avram, uh, go, Uh, you must leave. Uh, And So uh, Avram leaves, and this brings us to the third section of the parasha, in which Avram returns to uh, Canaan. Uh, He seems to follow the exact same route that he had followed on the way down to Egypt, and he once again returns to that same place between Bethel and Ai. The fourth section of the parasha deals with the strife between Avram and his nephew Lot, uh, because not only was Avram enriched by his uh, journey in uh, in Egypt, but so was uh, Lot, and uh, they have they have much uh, possessions. And the problem is that their respective shepherds get into arguments uh, about the grazing land, and Avram wants to make peace, so he says to Lot, uh, "The land is very big." Choose the part of the land that you wish. Lot chooses the rich plain of the Jordan, uh, where there are the five uh, wealthy but very wicked cities. Uh, uh, Chief among them is Sodom, while Avram remains in Canaan. So Lot is making his choice based on uh, the wealth of the place, and uh, at best ignoring the uh, moral depravity and spiritual depravity of the people of Sodom. I say, um, at best, uh, at worst, maybe he is attracted to it. Because we are told that the people of Sodom are very, very wicked. The fifth section of the parasha is when Hashem uh, once again speaks to uh, Avram. Uh, Lot has separated from Avram. Uh, Lot seems to have been going in a, in a bad direction, uh, and Hashem didn't talk to Avram for a while, but now Hashem does speak to Avram, and he promises Avram, I will give all this land to you and your descendants, uh, and they will be you know, innumerable, uh, and he commands Avram th- to walk throughout the land uh, on one level to familiarize himself with the land, but also in a sense to lay the, uh, the groundwork for eventually his descendants actually taking possession of the land. Avram comes to live in Hevron. Uh, so this is the first kind of permanent settlement for Avram. Up until this point, he's been uh, traveling from place to place. And once again, in Hevron he builds an altar. We then come to the sixth part of the parasha, um, the war of the four kings against the five kings. The background to the war is that there are five kings uh, in the plain of the Jordan, in other words, where Lot uh, lives, and there are four kings uh, in the east, uh, in the area from which Avram originates. And uh, at first, the five kings of the plain uh, serve the four very powerful kings of the east, probably sending them tribute uh, and so on. However, at a certain point, uh, they rebel, and eventually the four kings... Uh, advance in order to uh, claim what is theirs. Um, and uh, this uh, culminates in a major battle in a place known as the Valley of Sidim, which is where uh, the valley where uh, Sodom and the other cities are, uh, the place that eventually would become the uh, Yam Hamelach, the Sea of Salt. But right now it is not a sea. It's a, a very verdant plain. Uh the four kings defeat the five kings, and, and they take all the possessions, uh, including they take uh, many people captive, including Lot. Lot is taken captive by the victorious four kings, uh, who begin to uh, return uh, home. Uh, Avram hears about this. He hears that Lot, despite their differences, uh, they're still relatives. Um, Avram hears that Lot has been taken captive. Uh, and so he amasses his small army. Uh, he pursues and defeats the four kings of the east, rescues Lot, returns all the spoils of war, and the king of Sodom himself comes out to greet Avram. Uh, another king who comes out and pays tribute to Avram is the king of Shalem. Shalem is an earlier name of Jerusalem, and that the name of that king is Malkit Tzedek. Uh, Rashi says that Malkitsedek is none other than Shem, the son of Noach, in other words, Avram's ancestor. Uh, and Malkitsedek blesses Avram and he blesses Hashem, and Avram uh, gives Malkitsedek a tenth because Malkitsedek himself, in addition to being king, is also a Kohen to Hashem. Uh, and then the aftermath of the war uh, also has to do with an encounter between. Avram and the king of Sodom. The king of Sodom says, "Keep the spoils. Return my people." Avram says, "I will take nothing. I'm not taking any of the spoils. I won't. But I have allies that help me, and they must be given their fair share." And uh, that's the uh, uh, that's the end of the story of the uh, of the war of the four kings versus the five kings. The next section uh, is known as the uh, covenant of the pe- of the pieces. Hashem. Uh, who appears to Avram, uh, once again assures Avram that he will have innumerable descendants, this time comparing them to the stars. Uh, Hashem assures Avram that his descendants will also inherit the land, and Avram asks, how will I know? Is there a way of assuring that? Uh, And by way of answer, Hashem tells Avram to take uh, certain animals and to take certain birds. Uh, Avram takes them because he's aware that they're about to make a covenant, a brit. And one of the practices in ancient times was to take animals and cut them, uh, to divide them in half, uh, so that the parties to the covenant can walk through the pieces. So he cuts the animals, places the pieces opposite each other. Uh, The bird of prey descends, but Avram chases them away, and Avram is plunged into a dark and terrifying trance. Uh, But while this happens, Avram receives a message, uh, namely that Avram's descendants will go through a 400-year process. They will be strangers in a land that's not theirs. They will be enslaved. They will be afflicted. There will be judgment on those who do this to them. Uh, They will receive reparations, and eventually they will return. Uh, So in a sense, this is Hashem's answer to Avraham's question, how do I know that my descendants will uh, deserve uh, and hold on to the land and Hashem's answer is that the historic process that he just uh, described, uh, it's in Avram's future, uh, that will eventually make the people uh, return to the land and I may we might say ap- appreciate the land that they, from which they've been taken and to which they, return and that will make sure that they will always remain connected to the land. Hashem uh, assures Avram that he him that Avram himself will be spared all of this because this is a very traumatic. He's just telling him about it in the future, but he won't see any of these uh, uh traumatic events. And then Hashem makes a covenant with Avram. Uh here Hashem says what um uh, what his, what Hashem's Part in the covenant is, Uh, namely that your descendants will receive the territory from the river of Egypt until the Euphrates. Uh, The next section of the parasha uh, has to do with the birth of Ishmael. Avram and Sarai have been living in the land of Canaan for 10 years, and they still have no children. And so Sarai says, uh, have a child with my Egyptian maidservant, Hagar. Um, Hagar becomes pregnant immediately and uh, loses respect for her mistress Sarai. It's a different kind of a dynamic uh, once uh, once Hagar is pregnant and Sarai uh, has never been. Um, Sarai complains to Avram, who says to do with Hagar as she sees fit. And Sarai's uh, way of dealing with this is to overwork Hagar uh, to show her who's boss, but Hagar... Uh, doesn't feel this way anymore and so she flees. Uh, but an angel uh, meets up with her and commands Hagar to return to her mistress and to submit to her uh, to her will. Uh, the angel also says, you will have a son called Yishmael uh, because God has heard that is what Ishmael means and he will be a uh, like a wild donkey of a man. he will be uh, hard to to tame. Uh, and he will have numerous descendants. Hagar names the place where he's where she saw this divine revelation. She calls it Be'er L'Chai It's at a well. And eventually a son is born who's named Yishmael. And this is when Avram is 86 years old. The next section of the parasha is a covenant or a continuation, if we like, of the covenant between Hashem and Avram. Um... And uh, what's going to be added here is what will be Avram's uh, part in this covenant. Avram is 99 years old. Uh, Hashem emphasizes his side of the covenant, namely that Avram will be a uh, multitude of nations, the father of a multitude of nations. And accordingly, his name is changed from Avram to Avraham. He will receive uh, the land of Canaan. Hashem promises that I will be God to this nation, and then the Torah delineates what is Avram's side, or now Abraham, uh, Abraham's side of the covenant, namely uh, circumcision. Uh, he has to uh, do circumcision, which is the sign of the covenant. All male children are to be circumcised uh, at eight days. Also, male slaves are to be uh, circumcised, and the punishment for failing to do this is called karet, which is uh, severance from the people, which is a divine uh, punishment. Uh, Hashem also changes Sarai's name to Sarah, and she will bear nations and kings. And uh, at this news, Avram falls to his face and laughs because Sarai is very old, and Avram is very old, and he also is concerned, uh, what about Yishmael? Is Ishmael going to be left out? But Hashem assures that Yishmael will also uh, uh have uh, have a nation. Sarah will bear a son, Yitzhak, at this time next year. A covenant will be made with Yitzhak, and Yishmael will father 12 princes. The very last part of the parasha, the 10th part of the parasha, is where Avraham fulfills Abra- Hashem's command, namely circumcision. He circumcises Yishmael, who at this time is 13 years old. He Avraham circumcises uh all of his male slaves and he also circumcises himself with them it's possible that he circumcised himself first uh to look more carefully at uh, one part of the parasha it's a little disturbing when Abraham says to sarai uh <clears throat> as they were coming close to egypt um you're a beautiful woman uh if the egyptians see you they will uh they'll kill me so instead please say you are my sister uh, so that it may go well with me because of you, and I may remain alive, alive thanks to you. Uh, is Avram being uh, selfish here? He's only concerned with his, uh, with his own uh, life, and he's not concerned with, as as concerned with Sarai. Uh, we could say that this is uh, Avram is trying to deal with a uh, a, a, a no win situation, but the Severno, um has a different way of looking at it. He says that, uh, when he comes to Egypt and that he has this beautiful quote unquote sister that they, everybody will want to marry. So what they will do is they will try to gain favor with Avram with the quote unquote brother, uh, because, uh, in ancient times, it was the practice for the father to give a dowry and, uh, to offer all kinds of gifts for the other members of the family in order to persuade the family to allow, um, allow, uh, somebody of the family, to marry uh, this beautiful uh, woman. Um, so it was a kind of a, a way of convincing. Avram thinks that this will buy him some more time. Uh, so Avram will stay alive uh, while people will be arguing over who's going to offer more in order to uh, have this uh, beautiful wife. And in the meanwhile, Avram would devise a way to leave there. So according to the Soferno this whole plan was uh, simply... Primarily, a way of buying more time uh, until it would be possible to uh, to actually uh, leave uh, leave Egypt. That uh, that was the that was the plan. I thank you very much for uh, joining me for uh, Parashat uh, Lech Lecha. This has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parasha Highlights and Insights, saying Shalom.